Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. One man, one tree, and a hill. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So this is the podcast, One Man, One Tree, and a Hill. I am your host, Jared Waters. Uh, we will work on a theme song. Maybe we can get to a theme song. But this whole podcast is a journey. I want you to grow with me. And let's see how we look back on a year from now and see how much we've grown. I, w- I would say this, ti- this podcast, this is episode three, is like a time capsule of time. Time capsule of time, time capsule of me. And I'm just figuring out and exploring my life and exploring others that I meet around you. If you don't know, if you haven't listened to any podcasts or any episodes, uh, One Man, One Tree, and a Hill, this podcast is about being alone with your own thoughts. And they say that that is the scariest place to be is someone alone with their own thoughts. And that's where I thrive, alone with my own thoughts. And also, this podcast reviews One Tree Hill episodes. Last time we reviewed the pilot episode of One Tree Hill, which was amazing. I, I get why people like the show, but that's only one episode. So we're going to see what happens on episode two. Uh, but this episode, I am going to title this episode, The Day I Met Eddie Murphy. I thought about titling this podcast Meeting the King of Comedy, but that is selective because people in the 60s considered Jerry Lewis as the king of comedy. Uh, I don't. I don't. I've never seen a stand I've seen a stand-up, but it was not king-worthy. Uh, Richard Pryor. We always go to Richard Pryor because Richard Pryor, you know, he f- changed comedy completely. A little backstory if you don't know, two-time wrestling champion, and I'm a stand-up comedian throughout New York City, one of the top ten stand-up comics in New York City. If you haven't, if you don't know, so when we say the king of comedy, you know, Richard Pryor always goes down because he changed the way comedy was, how comedy felt. He broke, like, the vulgar line. It was Richard Pryor that really explored comedy and explored himself on stage. But I read Richard Pryor's book. Or before, Yeah, you know what? It's going to be me interrupting myself this whole podcast, so please bear with me. A lot of people say Richard Pryor, Bill Cosby, and some people use George Carlin. George Carlin. Uh... Not for me. George Carlin really doesn't do it for me, but he is one of the greats. But Bill Cosby, the storytelling aspect, yes. But Richard Pryor really changed comedy around. Like You can still listen to Richard Pryor albums and his theories and philosophies, and it's still present to this date. But I read Richard Pryor's book. It's called The Pryor Convictions. And his whole career, pretty much, he wanted to be a movie star. And... I, if I was giving a a reference, I would say that Pryor was more like Moses and Eddie was more like Joshua because what Richard wanted to be was a movie star and Eddie Murphy was a movie star. I would say that Eddie Murphy stand on stood on the steps that Richard Pryor built to take comedy higher, to a higher platform. Eddie Murphy was one of the first comedians to start bringing feature acts on the road. Because back in the day, it used to be a music act and a stand-up comedian. If you ever watch Richard Pryor's special, I think the first special he opened up, or Patti LaBelle opened up for him. So it'd be like a music act, a stand-up act. But Eddie Murphy would bring comedians on the road, and comedians would open up for him. So when he did the Raw tour, the Raw tour, it was Paul Mooney opening up for him. So just a lot of history. So I was going to call this title of stand, this podcast, Meeting the King of Comedy, but it's very selective because I love Red Fox. That's my personal favorite comic. I just love like old witty jokes and 
he was one of the reasons why I fell in love with comedy. My father would bring home DVDs. When DVDs first came out, he brought the first season of Sanford and Son because we always watched Sanford and Son on TV Land. That was like the bonding moment of my dad, my brother, and me. We we love watching funny movies. And that show, Sanford and Son, I just fell in love with stand-up comedy. And I would just always go to Netscape Navigator. I'm just showing my age. I'm 31, so F it. You know, well, I'm 30. I'm about to turn 31. And I would just go, and I would just go to Internet Explorer and just always just Google comedy. I downloaded Netscape. Uh, no, I downloaded uh, uh, Napster, almost wrecked my family computer. And I would just download Red Fox and stuff. And then one time, I was sitting at our house, and we were just, you know, we see Dr. Doolittle and stuff like that, or all these other movies, and I would just, and I just, Eddie Murphy's SNL came on in the hot tub. Me and my brother were laughing, and we had a tape with a VCR, and we recorded. It's like, I guess VH1 or someone like the best of Eddie Murphy, and we recorded, and me and my brother would always watch it. So I'm going to title this podcast, Today I Met Eddie Murphy. I met him December 22nd. Uh, Eddie Murphy was hosting SNL, but before we go that, I'll tell you my journey, how we got there. So previously before... Uh, I'm going on the road, doing a road gig in the Hamptons. The Hamptons! Every time I think about the Hamptons, I think of uh, white chicks when they're like, you have a $3,000 dress? Where? The Ham- the Hamptons! <laughs> so this comic, his name is D.C. Benny. D.C. Benny is, uh, I would say, a mentor and a friend of mine. And when I moved to New York City, we we met in Long Island. We met in Long Island at comedy club called Governor's Comedy Club and I was featuring for him Jamie Roberts which was he's like he's like my big homie here he always takes care of me Jamie Roberts was hosting the show and I was featuring the show and it was like I was kind of looking at Jamie like man Jamie Roberts this, this I love this guy and I'm featuring I'm featuring he's hosting but he did like 20 <laughs> 20 minutes so it was pretty much two features and uh and the headliner and I met DC Benny and we just Kind of like popped it off. We had like a, a good time. We talked about comedy the whole time. I was telling him about I'm about to go to Israel at the time. And he's like, "Wow, what are you going to Israel for?" I was telling him I have an opportunity to go to Israel, and I would just ask him all these questions about stand up and how comedy has changed. And then again, I worked on him for the second time back in Long Island. And then I just remember being in the green room, and he had this small iPhone five with his glasses on. I was like, dude, you got to get a new phone, man. Like, how are you living life with this iPhone? <laughs> he was, he's, DC Benny so old school. He was literally, he was literally, he has to delete apps to text people. Like, I don't got enough space. I can't take a lot of pictures. And I was like, you have to get more gigabytes on your phone. And he was like, well, how, how would I do that? You know, I'm trying to get a new, I said, like, you got to go to the Apple, you got to go somewhere, man. Just get a new phone and let, let God liberate you, man. So we're like, we're horsing around, playing around in the green room. And then he says to me, he goes, hey, I have a show in the city, and I would really like you, Jared, to be a part of it. And when you work with comedians, you know, it's like, it's like a, it's like, I would, I would, I don't know, a derby, it's like like a, a one-night stand with some person. Whatever happens that night, happens that night, and then after that, you know, that person doesn't have to contact you or anything else. So when you work with a comedian that you respect, you don't take any, you take everything with a grain of salt when they tell you something. And DC goes... Jared, I have a show, a uh, storytelling show, a comedy show at the Comedy Cellar, the Fat Black Pussycat. I would love for you to be a part of the show. And I was like, yeah, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you. 
who knows what happens? We said that in the green room, and then he follows up and goes, I would really like you a part of the show. Uh, what are your avails? Can we do it June? Can we do it July? And I was like, I can't do it in June or in the end of July because I'll be in Israel. He goes, wow, you'll be in Israel. Well, why don't you do it next week? And this, and I was like, wow. So I, I get there, and it's like, it's like a, it's it's like it's it's like it's like have you ever heard Kanye West's last song, last last call, and it goes, why don't you raise your glass for you? Why don't you raise your glass for you? Yeah, like I said, I sing a lot on this podcast, and. I was like, wow, I've only been in New York City one year, and he's, I'm opening up for him at the Comedy Cellar by the Fat Black Pussycat. And it was cool doing the room. I did the show. I, I had, did really well. And, like, it's just like afterwards, like, I want you to sit at the table because at the Comedy Cellar there's, like, a table where comics sit at. You know, you're not supposed to sit there if you're passing. I'm sitting at the table. I just don't want to sit there. There's other comics that I respected there. And I was just like, yeah, it's just like going to the NFL draft, but you're still in like college. It's like, yeah, it's it's nice to be here. It's nice to do the reps and everything else, but uh, I'm gonna wait to I'm gonna wait till the the official moment. But it was cool. Like I did the room, everything was cool. Then DC would just email me. I'll email him back. So long story short, he has a room, the show that he started in the Hamptons. Him and his wife do the show, and his wife, very beautiful person. So. I, I accept the show. Money's nice. So I was like, sure, I'll do the show. The show's the exact same day as Eddie Murphy on SNL. And everyone in the city is buzzing because Eddie Murphy's coming to New York City. So we all know every comedian's going to be Every black comedian's going to be there. And I'm a black dude, so of course I'm going to be inspired. So I'm going to this gig. But before I go to the gig, I'm looking. I was like, man, this gig is freak this gig is three and a half hours away on a train and i do have a car in new york city i can drive but the reason why i don't like to drive i just don't like to drive tired because i get tired a lot so i get tired not a lot but i'm tired when i'm doing stand-up at night and you know i if i'm traveling i have no problem driving but i don't want to i think being tired and driving is worse than drinking and driving and i don't do both so i go and i'm hitting up comedians that are on the show so the first comedian i hit joe devito and i was like hey man i think i'm lost uh oh freak oh so sorry ladies and gentlemen man what that's the thing about this podcast we have sponsorship on this podcast this sponsors uh this podcast is sponsored by frontline roofing and restoration uh this is a company out in ohio they're the first people that sponsor this podcast uh if you have a roof that's cracked or anything else you need shingle replacement this is the place to be frontlining roofing and restoration the website is www.frontlineroofingohio.com uh, you can like their Facebook page, Frontline, uh, Frontline Roofing and Restoration, and you can call them 513-375-7050, frontline.roof at gmail.com. So email them if you have any people in Ohio. If you're in Florida, I don't know what to do, but this is <laughs> this is uh, my Ohio sponsorship. So, yeah, dope, right? We've been doing the podcast freaking three episodes and we got sponsorship i got hit up so this is what we're doing they probably want a better uh promo but that's what they sent me so ladies and gentlemen frontline roofing and restoration in ohio if you have any questions about your roof or you want to get re-shingles if you want your roof refixed or fixed up again if you have any damage from um storms or any hurricane well, hurricanes are in ohio but any storm damage or wind damage go to www.frontlineroofingohio.com uh, tell them Jared Water sent you from the One Man One Tree a Hill, One Man One Tree and a Hill podcast. Ask for Sasha Miller, and you'll get ten percent off 
on you'll get for you get ten percent off on the first initial uh I don't know what they do, but ten percent off on the first initial oh when you do the first initial uh contact when they look and give you a price and you get ten percent off that. So yes. Okay, back to the story. So yeah, about this podcast. I, I bounce around. I'm I'm by myself. No one's here to stop me, so we're bouncing around. So back to the story. So I have to get to this gig. This gig is three and a half hours away. It's about two o'clock right now, and the gig starts at eight. I have to be there by eight, and I know if I catch a train, I, I just it was already, it was it was three o'clock. It was three o'clock when I looked, and I realized it's three and a half hours away. After an hour on the train for me to get to Harlem, so it's an hour for me to get to Harlem, three and a half hours. That's four hours right there. So what I do is I find the comics on the show. I hit up uh, my friend Joe DeVito. And I'm like, hey, Joe, I sent him a message. Like, if you can't give me a ride, I understand. He goes, where are you? I'll pick you up. And I was like, I'm in Manhattan right now. I really left. I'm not lost, but I was just saying I'm going to get lost. And he's like, all right. And then before that, I I, I hit up this good guy, uh, one of our good friend, Mike Keegan. Mike Keegan, a stand-up comic. He's based out in Long Island, but he's in the city. And he has a lovely girlfriend. His uh, girlfriend's name is Carla Okerson. So I write him. I slide in his DMs. I wouldn't say DMs, but I would slide inside his his private messages, his private messages, and I just I hit him up, and this was my message. I said, "Hey, Mike, it's Jared Waters, a black dude with the beard. We're on the same show tonight for DC Benny and the Hamptons. I'm completely lost by directions. Do you mind if I could meet you in Long Island, or I can tag along with you? If not, no worries, brother." He goes, "Please refresh my memory. <laughs> I know so many black dudes with beards. So comics were always just." You know, playing around, but he goes, hey, no problem. Any chance you can meet me at the Freeport train station around 5 p.m.? I said, sure, no problem. I'll be on the 415 train. Dude, thank you so much. So I text him, 454. I'm passing by Lindbrook. He goes, okay, cool. I'm on my way. Just hit a little traffic. I'll see you shortly. I said, yes, sir. He said, I'll be there in like 15 minutes. There's a Dunkin' Donuts right now at the train station. If you want to chill, go ahead. I'll scoop you there. I was like, good. Here's my phone number. Beep, 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 beep. He goes, here's my phone number. I'll be in a white Lincoln. So I'm looking for this white Lincoln. And as we're at this train, there's nothing but Uber drivers there. So I walk into this guy's car. And he goes, Steve. And I'm like, Mike, uh, this isn't you. I get out of the car. Get into another dude's car. I was like, what's up? It's not the right car. So <laughs> I finally get there. Uh, I finally, I finally get there. And uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, I like hitting up the comics. The reason why I love uh, the comics in Long Island because they all got cars and they got houses. So they they remind me of like Florida people. They're proud to be where they're from. So we go. So we it's an hour away. So we get to Freeport, Long Island, and we are an hour away from the show. So I get there by four fifteen. Show starts at show starts at eight. Show starts at eight, and we're like an hour, maybe an hour and ten minutes away. Let me refresh. So I get there. So I left the four fifty. So I got there five fifty something. I got six. I got there like six, six, six fifty, six fifty something. Whatever. I know we got an hour to get to the show. The show starts. The show starts at eight. The show starts at eight. So first thing I do is I text DC Benny, and I was like, hey. <laughs> I was like, hey, we ran into a traffic. Actually, the show starts at seven. So let me go. You know, show starts at seven. So I get there. By six, it takes us an hour to get there, so we'll get there exactly at seven. Because these shows, people at these show are like older, rich people, and they don't want to be there that late. So 
he picks up his girl, Carla Okerson. Now, their relationship is very funny because the whole time, you know, I like just asking questions. So I'm asking questions about their relationship in the car, and she is very unfiltered. So she's like, hi, Jared. Good to see you. I was like, hey, how are you? I said, yeah. I was like, I'm sitting in the back. You don't have to sit in the back. I was like, I'm sitting in the back. I respect uh, love. So I'm sitting in the back so you guys can hold hands as he drives. And he's listening to the Patriots game because the Patriots are playing the Bills. Or the Bills are playing somebody. The Bills are playing the Dolphins. He's a Bills fan. And the whole time he goes, you guys mind? I don't have to turn this down. I was like, no. And she goes, well, are you spending the night at my house tonight? And he's like, nah, my back hurts. I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, her bed's towards the wall and I don't really want to <laughs> live towards the wall. She goes, why don't you just stay at my house? And he goes, I, your kids wake up early. I don't want to be w- waking up early. And then I was like, I was like, Mike, would you like kids? Yeah, she got two kids, but I really want a kids. I don't want any more kids. It's a typical, and she's not from like, I think she's from like, she's from like Pennsylvania or something like that. But like the couple is like old school. Uh, married with kids type of vibe and she was like freak just I was like why don't you spend that at his house I have a two-year-old daughter I I have a a little daughter I can't just live (laughs) I have a daughter I have to get a babysitter just spend he should just come over here and I was like what if y'all move in together and get married I just I got my own place maybe we should move so there's they're just bickering like lovely bickering and I'm recording the whole thing because this is funny so I was like yeah this is my stories we'll listen to uh, this love happening so we're driving, we're having a good time, we're talking about stand-up, we're talking about like, you know, the comedy in Long Island, and them coming in the city, and they have a, a podcast together, I'm gonna plug their podcast together, so they have a podcast together that they do, and I was like, alright, cool, 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 so we're like maybe 30, 30 minutes away, I think we would say we might be 30 minutes away, maybe 30 minutes, 30 minutes away, their podcast is called Domestic Disturbance, <laughs> It's called it's called domestic domestic disturbance podcast. So uh, down the left, you want to listen to that. It's very very wonderful couple. So we're like thirty minutes away, thirty minutes away, and they're like Jared text DC. So I text DC Benny. I was like, hey, we're gonna be around. We're gonna get there around seven oh six. Show starts at seven, but as we get there, turns out the pre show was like food. So I walk through. It's a nice little small. It's not small, but it's a a diner. It's a diner, but it doesn't look like a typical diner. It's like a beach diner. So you walk in, there's a diner, and then to the left is this big open patio, and that's where the comedy show is. So it's probably like maybe 35 people, nice, sweet show, rich people. But when we get to the show, DC's wife walks up, hi, how are you? I was like, hey. She's like, yeah, I know who you are. are you, you're his wife. She goes, yeah. And uh, we've I've seen her in pictures and stuff like that, and me and DC talk about her. And... She goes, well, we have dinner for you guys. And let me tell you guys something. Holy F. So much freaking food. They had a the they had pork, like pork loins that were like soft, soft that dissolves in your mouth. And they had this cow, whatever a part of this cow steak. And I'm like, man, I can't be eating all this food before the show. And I was like, uh, throw me, throw me, uh, throw me two, uh, two, two steaks over there for me, boy. Uh, thank you. So they have potatoes. They have some rich people stuff. Rich people always put like nuts inside their food. So I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm I'm cool on this. And then she goes, you can have any drink you want inside this basket. And they had like kombucha. They had like every soft drinks. I don't drink alcohol, so I was just just basking in this. So me and DC were talking, and I see Joe Devito, and me and Joe are talking about a viral tweet he has. And I like Joe Devito. Joe Devito's like 51, but he's he's very witty. I like he's very witty when he does both conservative. 
in liberal crowds, and he hits. He knows how to do the both, do the both. So he's he- he's headlining. I'm featuring. Carla's doing a guest spot. No, Carla's on the show doing a spot, and Mike is hosting, and DC's just doing a spot, whatever. That's the game of the show. We're all eating food. We're all having a good time. So Mike goes up. He's hosting the show. He's killing. He's killing. But as I'm doing it, we're like, you're just talking. So I'm talking to Joe, and I was like, hey, man, you know Eddie Murphy's in town. He goes, what? Really? Is it tonight? And then DC goes, what? Eddie's in town. I was like, yeah, after this, I'm going to go meet him. He's like, what? Yeah, how? I was like, I, I don't know. I'm going to find him. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, where do you think he's going to be? I was like, I don't know, man. Do you think Eddie's going to go to the cellar? And I was like, nah, he doesn't. He's, Eddie's, Eddie's was older before the cellar. I was like, where would he hang out at? He's like, I don't know. I was like, I've never met him. I don't know what he would do, but I'm just thinking maybe the comic strip. Maybe Eddie and Jerry Seinfeld are going to go to the comic strip tonight because they talked about it in Comedians in Car Getting Coffee. If you don't know stand-up comics, we just research everything. So I was like, ah, okay, well, no, maybe not. So Mike finishes his set, and then Carla goes up. Carla goes up. She's doing her set. Me and DC are talking again. Jared, how are you? I was like, this is the place. And I was like, DC, where do you live? Turns out he has a house in Brooklyn. He has a house out in the Hamptons. And I was like, wow. And then his wife, and it's my turn to go up. So I'm featuring his wife, watches my set, and I see her laughing and everything else. And the whole time before that, his wife's like, Jared, did you eat your food? Jared, are you sure? Did you eat your food? And DC, let me break it down. DC's wife is black. And sometimes when a white man dates a black woman, you're just like, whoa, 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 hey, hey, whoa, whoa, buddy, hey, hey. Oh, wow, you you respect it. You just don't want no white dude dates a black dude. You're just like, man, you got the ultimate prize, a queen. You are my African queen. Ay, 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 you are my African queen. Ay, 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 ay. So I meet his wife. His wife is a sex therapist, and like most of these people are her friends and her clients, and we're talking about stuff because she goes, you know, DC talks about you a lot. And I was like, yeah, he's, he's, and she's like, you should always ask him if you have any advice. And then we start talking about love. Uh, but I was like, hold on, I got to do my spot. So I do my spot. And she goes, Jerry, you're very funny. I loved your jokes. You're very likable on stage. And I was like, thank you so much. And then DC goes, and we're talking out there. And I was like, and I, we're talking about her relationship. And she goes, you know, with with relationships, I advise, you know, when you get in. Because she's like, JC said you're engaged. And yes, I just got engaged. And I'm about to get married. And she's like, how many kids do you want? I'm like, seven. She said, really? I said, yeah, F yeah, I want seven. I'm Last Waters. Me and my brother, Last Waters. Be fruitful and multiply, baby. And then she all the time's like, Jared, did you eat? I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, did make sure you get some meat. I said, yes, before you get a switch off the tree and spank me. <laughs> and then she just starts laughing. I'll get a switch and get you. You know, black people, we that's what we do. We shuck and jive with each other. Shuck and jive like I'm in the 70s. We're out there just talking. And then we have a serious conversation. She goes, you know, what me and DC talked about was, you know, not having kids. And one time... When DC gave me a ride, we're in Long Island. He gave me a ride back to Brooklyn. I asked questions to all the old comics. I'm a, I'm just a student. I so I was like, why don't you have kids? And he told me the story. He goes, the reason why. I don't want any kids with my wife because when I was growing up, my mother was a foster mom. You know, she was my real mom, but she adopted all these kids, and I never had any time alone with her like growing up. And the reason why I don't want any kids with my wife because I want every moment that I have to be with her, and I don't want to share it with anyone else. And I was like, what? No. I said, have you put this out, like, on a, on a, on a IGTV? I said, dog, this is the most saddest, sweetest thing I've ever heard in my life, man. He goes, ah, nah, I, you know. I was like, but dude, this is you loving a black woman. This is go viral, man. This would be, 
This is this is this is that something new and Sanaa Lathan what they're talking about. So he busts out laughing and his wife tells me the story again. She goes, I just want to enjoy all my time with him. I said, like, What a sweet couple. I said, But me and my lady, we we want seven. We trying to bang 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 bang. So DC goes up, he's telling jokes, Joe DeVito's going up, and I'm telling the guys, like Eddie Murphy's in town, and DC goes, How are you gonna meet him? I said, I'm gonna find him, man. That's what I'm gonna do. So Shows in, I'm talking to all these rich people, you know, they, they're not going to follow me on Instagram. So I'm like, maybe I should have brought merchandise, they would have bought some merchandise. But there wasn't that type of vibe to sell merchandise. It's just like the money's too great to just take the money and just have a good time. So we take money, we all get paid. DC puts the, puts the bread in my, my pocket, gives me a little a little extra. You know, he's always doing that, just taking care of me, give me a little extra. So we go back, so we're going back to the train station uh, and... Mike goes, well, I can drop you off, Jared, first, and then I can take uh, my girl home. And I was like, no problem. So it's an hour back to the train station. So this is about, this is about maybe I get home, I'm, I get to Manhattan from Long Island about 12 a.m. I get there at 12 a.m. Nah, it's like 1, 12.45, 12.45. And I was going to walk, I run into some old friends, a coworker, and they're Israelis, they don't understand, like, the bravado of Eddie Murphy. I'm talking to this old friend. I was like, I'm about to go find Eddie Murphy. She's like, why? What do, why do you want to find Eddie Murphy? So what, so what? So what is he? And that just set me off to be like, made me find him more. I'm like, Eddie Murphy is the reason why, as a black man, as a black person, Eddie Murphy was representation. Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy is Eddie Murphy, you know. It's like I don't, I don't get it. So what? So what? He's just an American. I don't, I don't get it. And I was like, from the country you are, you don't, I don't know what your Eddie Murphy would be, and you're not a minority. It's like you're, I don't know what your, I don't know, I don't know what your people would say is equivalent to Eddie Murphy, but as a black dude, a black man in stand-up, Eddie Murphy was everything. Eddie Murphy, I downloaded an album of Eddie Murphy where he's a comedian, where he talks about getting hit by a bus, and his uncle, Uncle Ray. Would yell out, yell out stuff. Little Black Sambo, yeah, Little Black Sambo. I remember just watching Raw, delirious. I was not supposed to be watching these movies, watching it, and I was the Nutty Professor, just all these movies. And I'm just as I'm sitting there, I was thinking because I was kind of just like, I don't know where I'm going to find them. And I was like, F. So I text Reggie, Reggie Edwards. Uh, he's going to be on the podcast soon. I said, Reggie, do you finish your show? He goes, Show canceled, bro. I said, Let's find this SNL party. He goes, perfect. So I go down to McDougal Street. I'm down there. And Reggie goes, I'm about to pick you up. Meet me on 6th and West 4th. I was like, perfect. Reggie pulls up. Nico White's in the car. Napoleon's in the car. So they go, hey, the, the SNL party says it's here. So we get there. And we're like, well, how are we going to get in? So we pull up. I was like, Reggie, you mind if I leave my book bag in the car? So leave my book bag in the car because I want to go to a party with a book bag on. So I got my... uh. Got my big flannel, fur flannel on. And we look and was like, well, free. We don't know nobody's big giant bounces are out there. And then Napoleon texts our friend Kelly. And Kelly, Kelly snacks on Instagram. If you're trying to find her, Kelly, she produces a lot of great shows in the city. Kelly goes, all right, let's see what we can do because she's on the list. So Kelly talks to the bouncer. Turns out her and the bouncer are friends. This is all divine divine intervention i said like i said i'm going to meet eddie murphy this whole week i've been saying yo we're gonna meet eddie murphy i'm gonna meet him man i'm gonna meet him i want to say something i gotta go see eddie because i was like i'm not sleeping in front of snl who do i look like i'm rick james they're charlie murphy i'm not gonna go sleep there 
there and I had a show anyways I couldn't sleep so we get into we get to the place and the bouncer and her they're talking and talking you can tell we're anxious we don't know nobody we're just trying to sneak in and he goes all right uh how many people you got she goes uh four then we see some other comics pull up and it's like oh freak well we're gonna stand to the left so we can get in and she goes well I can't let everybody in, but when you, when the person who gets in, the person on the inside can get someone in from the outside. That's how it works. I was like, all right, perfect. So we slide in, and then all of a sudden, me and Reggie, uh, I do the just the immature thing. I'm like, Reggie, we got up in the SNL party, dog. Yeah, we dapping it up. Then <laughs> this uh, waiter walks up. The guy who works there goes, uh, excuse me, you two, can you confirm something for me? And I took off and left Reggie. I just walked straight to pretend like I didn't hear the guy and walked straight. And I was like, freak, I guess I'm in the party by myself. And then Reggie goes back with the dude. And then next, you know, I see like two minutes later, I was like, let me just go to the bathroom because I don't know nobody. And as I walked down the steps, so this place is, I don't know what it's called, Soho. It's not Soho Playhouse, Soho Club or whatever. But when you walk in, there's a there's a whole bunch of tables at the top where you go down these giant stairs into another level and it's like the it's not a basement but it's like tables everywhere it's a u and then there's a e that goes around and there's like things so what i do is i go so let me just go to the bathroom and pee real fast and as i go q-tip is djing i was like freak that's q-tip that's freaking q-tip and i was like but why is he djing and not rapping so all of a sudden there's q-tip and all of a sudden uh, there's Jay Farrow. I'm like, oh, freak, there goes Jay Farrow. Cool. And I was like, you could tell Jay Farrow thought I was on, he's, he's like talking to people, but I'm just like, you, he wants to be acknowledged. I'm like, freak, I'm not here to say Jay Farrow. All right, cool. But it was just that, oh, good to see you, Jay Farrow. Oh, cool. And as I turn around, I see Reggie coming down the stairs. Like, oh, Reggie, you made it. He texts me, where are you at? And I was like, what happened, man? He goes, hey, he wanted me to confirm the dudes behind us. And I let everybody in. So Reggie lets everybody in. So we're all in there chilling. And I said, dude, if you make an E back here, look who's back here. So I walk past, and then it's Jesus and Marrow. The black one's name's Maris or Jesus. Well, I just walk up to him and say, hey, man, no disrespect, dog. I said, but I appreciate everything you do for the culture, man. The show, I keep rocking. He said, hey, that ain't disrespectful, dog. I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate that, dude. And as I'm talking to him, these girls walk up. Oh, my God, who's this guy? He must know somebody. And there's uh, the new guy from SNL. I just dap him up. I said, what's up, brother? Good to see you. Then uh, Sam J walks by. Sam J, we're like very cultured in the city. I don't think she knows my name or whatever. But we're, we're comedians. We bump in. We see each other's face all the time. I said, hey, Sam, how are you? She got this clean suit on. Good. And then there goes Jay Farrell again. I'm like, what the freak? Jay Farrell, would you just get out of here? Freak, I ain't trying to see you. We've seen you. So as, as we're chilling, here comes our boy Alex Babbitt. Oh, what up? Oh, y'all snuck in here too? Yeah, we in here. Then we see uh, Derek Gaines. Like, Derek Gaines, what up? What's up? What's up, y'all? Hey, what's up? What's going on? Uh, Derek Gaines is uh, from, I think he's from Philly, but he sounds like he's from Compton. Hey, what's up here? Hey, got the got the, the Jerry Curl, got the Jerry Curl of uh, of uh, Easy E. So I walk back to the left, to the right, and I tell Reggie, I said, look, there goes Lunell. I said, oh, freak, there goes Lunell. And then I walk past, and I said, oh, freak. There's Donald Glover. I was like, freak, that's Donald Glover. And next you know, here comes like, Jay Farrell, just get the freak out of here. What the freak is Jay? This is what I'm saying in my head. But every time I turn around, Jay Farrell's there. I'm like, what the freak? Can Jay Farrell get out of here? Freak, man. You had your time in SNL. It's time to go, man. So so I, I'm walking past, and there goes Donald Glover. I was like, oh, freak, it's Donald Glover. And he has like this 
this bad chick with him. And I was like, oh, freak, that's his wife. So then I see I come back around. There's Keenan Thompson. I was like, oh, freak, that's Keenan Thompson from Keenan and Kale, man. Freak, man, Keenan and Kale. Hey, somebody out there, go run and tell your homeboys and homegirls it's time for Keenan and Kale. So since you're laughing in the afternoon, don't touch that dial on King the Room. And he's like, oh, here it goes. You got to watch Kenan because he be thinking, oh, plan or top to make it to the top. But they're kind of in the middle because they always getting caught. Get the Hardy Boys on sound in the mystery. It's Kenan and Kale on your TV. <laughs> I didn't realize they were just shouting out. Coolio was shouting out uh, like great duos. Penn and Teller. <laughs> Albert and Costello, Penn and Teller. So Kenan Thompson, right? So Kenan Thompson, we like fist pound, right? We fist pounded up. And I'm not trying to be a groupie, right? But there's people in the party just like snapping pictures and snapping pictures, and all of a sudden, keep going back around, and I see this this from behind this uh, natural afro and this giant butt, and I was like, "Oh, freak! Yamanika Sanders is up in here." Then the person turns around, and like, "Oh, that's Quest Love! Oh my gosh!" <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought Quest Love, I thought Quest Love was Yamanika Sanders. I was like, "Yamanika up in here!" So there's Quest Love there, and I was like, "Oh, freak! It goes Quest Love." And then uh, you keep going, and I see John Ham. John Ham's right there. And then I was like, what the freak? Why the? No, no, no. Before I met John Ham, I see Chris Rock walk in front of me. Chris Rock's just walking. I was like, freak, there goes Chris Rock. And I see these girls following Chris Rock. And he goes, can I get a selfie? He goes, I'm not stopping. So he's like going up the stairs. And I was like, I'm going to cut Chris Rock off and be like, yo, I appreciate you, big dog. But he was just walking way too fast. And as I'm walking up, I see Lizzo. And I said, what's up, baby? Girl. I said, girl, you Southern Belle girl, you you know, girl, you know you the truth. She goes, well, thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. I said, you out of here? Yeah, we out of here. I said, all right, girl, take care. This might be like 2.30 in the morning, 2.30 in the morning. As I walk back down the stairs, I just see the room stop, right? But before that, before that, I walk in the room, and, like, this is when I see black excellence, man. Like, as a stand-up comic, there's, like, pictures of, like, royalty. This was royalty that I saw in my own eyes. Eddie Murphy's, you go to the back, right? There's like all this E, and then the back is another level, and that's where the bouncers are. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table, and you can see Eddie Murphy. It's like when he talks, everyone's, Eddie Murphy's wife is there, and you can see everyone is like kids watching their idol. Do Like they were just like children at a table, excited to be around Eddie and just like like Chris you can just see how Eddie's changed Chris Rock and how he changed Dave Chappelle like they love Eddie Murphy so as they're talking I was like look I can't go there so I'm gonna just go back around and see what I can do after I saw Chris Rock leave I was like something must be happening because people are leaving so that's when Chris Rock start walking past and next you know it as I come down to see Lizzo the room stops the room stops, and all of a sudden, I see Eddie Murphy walking. I was like, freak, Jay Farrell again. What the freak? If you don't get out of here, Jay Farrell, golly, this is what I'm all thinking. I'm not saying it, but I'm like, man, Jay Farrell is just in the way. So Eddie's walking, right? Eddie's walking, and there's these big bouncers in front of him. So I was like, man, I'm just going to wait and see if I can cut him off at the thing. So all of a sudden, just the moment freezes, boom. And he's holding his wife's hand. So I know as a man, you don't want to, you're holding your wife's hand through a crowd. So you're making sure your wife is okay. I don't know if that's his wife. Whatever she is to him, it's this girl. It's his baby mother. So he's making sure that she's okay. Beautiful Australian woman. And all of a sudden, we have to stop because the bouncer stopped to get things out the way. And it's just me and Eddie. We're eye to eye. And I stuck my hand out. And he drops his wife, girl's hand and he daps me up. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy. I said, I just want to say, man, you're the goat, man. 
Like you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. And Eddie goes, ah, thanks, little nigga. <laughs> and we dap it up, and I come in for like the embrace, and his forearm is heavy. You can tell he's like, I don't know this guy, but at the same time, I'm trying to protect my girl. So that moment we share, he walks past, and I stop his cousin. I say, Rich Murphy. Yo, dog, I follow you on Instagram, man. I remember you in Tampa when Charlie Murphy came. You were his manager, man. And I just respect everything you did for the coach as well. He goes, yo, I appreciate that, dog. We about to bounce. So I was like, dang. So I see them bouncing, and I so I, they walk past me, and then I follow them again. And I was like, I'm just going to follow them and see if I can get a picture. But I was like, you know what? The moment is bigger than the picture. I'm good with it. So as I do that, I come down. Nori Davis, funny stand-up comic, just got engaged as well. And he goes, I said, yo, Nori, I just dabbed up Eddie Murphy, dog. He said, really, man? I said, yeah, he goes. I said, I just stopped him and told him. He goes, dang, that's dope, man. And I was like, frig, F, yeah. So I walk back down. I run into Reggie. I was like, Reggie, I just doped up. I just dapped up Eddie Murphy. He goes, word. Dang, I should have stood where you were standing. <laughs> and uh, Napoleon's still all chilling on the side. And as I go to the left, all of a sudden, me and Q-Tip start talking. I just walk up. He He's taking a break from DJing. And I was like, hey, Q-Tip. He was like, what's up? I said, Dave. I said, look at me, dog. Top five, dead or alive, you are. Top five, dead or alive. He goes, mm, thank you, man. Thank you so much. I said, you just got to let the people know, man. He goes, I'm working. I'm dropping something soon. But I, I'm going to be honest. I like Q-Tip, but I don't like him like that to call him top five. He's not my top five. But I'm just, I'm at a party. I'm socializing. I'm doing what I see on TV. I just recognize all these people because I'm just, I'm like a comedy nerd. Like, when I look at someone special, I Google, like, who produced the special, who did everything else, and I'm just talking. So I'm just walking around, and Kenan Thompson walks by, and I was like, what's up, Mr. Thompson? I'm from the Times. What was this moment like, man, the work of Eddie Murphy? And he just tears up, and he goes, I'm working with my idol, man. I work with my idol tonight, man. I was like, wow, man. I was like, well, thank you, man. Thank you for your time, man. I don't work for the Times. So I'm just saying that. And as I go back there, I go back to the back, and I'm just sitting there with chilling. So now we're just chilling at a party. Uh, so go back. So Eddie Murphy's gone. So I'm like, you know, I don't, you know, okay. Now it's cool to see Jay Farrell. Oh, freak, there's Jay Farrell. Cool. <laughs> My boy Alex Babbitt met him, but you could tell. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we, we trying to see other people besides Jay Farrell. And uh, so we're all just sitting there. Babbitt, Babbitt, uh, Derek Gaines is there. And, but the, uh, the reason why I like the story because Derek Gaines is excited about everything. He's not playing the moment too cool. He goes, hey, is that Q-Tip over there? Is Q-Tip DJing? <laughs> this is crazy. This is Yo, that's Usher Raymond right there, dog. Yo, is that Usher? Confessions? Usher, hey, freak, that's Usher, dog. So we see Usher. So at this table, at the, so Eddie's gone. So now the table is Michelle Wolf, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Dave Chappelle. And all of a sudden I see Dave Chappelle's PR's husband. He plays a harmonica, and I know that Miss Carla Sims, her name is Carla Sims, and I know because I follow her on Instagram, and, you know, I follow her husband. He plays a harmonica, and he was on Sway in the Morning. I was like, yo, man, I just want to say you're the coldest dude on the harmonica, man. He goes, dude, thank you. I said, you play with Stevie Wonder, bruh. People don't know the Wonder, bruh. You were there playing with Stevie Wonder, bruh. And he was all like, yeah, man. I said, hey, man, I appreciate what you do for the culture. Stay up, man. He goes, can I get you a drink? I said, yeah, let me get a, let me get a lemonade. He said, lemonade? <laughs> I was like, I'm just kidding, man. I'm good. And then we walk past there again, so we're all chilling. Uh, there's Makala. Makala, she's a producer here. She's a Florida Florida girl. I'm saying hi to her. I'm saying hi to other people. 
uh, there's Rosebud Baker, and there's like comics. It's just comics. It's good seeing comics, seeing other comics. Then I see John Hamm, and John Hamm's like talking to this girl. I'm like, all right, cool, that's John Hamm. I know he has hair plugs. I'm like, freak, John Hamm and his hair plugs? So we're all just chilling, and next you know it, uh, Jordan Temple walks by. And Jordan Temple's a funny stand-up comic. He writes a lot of plays. He writes for Miss Marvel in Atlanta, but I know him because my one of my best friends in New York City is Paul Jumeus, first comic I met here. And they were roommates. It's both Haitians. And next you know, his agent goes to Usher and goes, Usher, I would like for you to meet Jordan. And Jordan does that in front of all of us. And Usher just daps up all the comics. And you just see people like, freak, that's Usher. So me and Usher dap it up. And I was like, hey, man, <laughs> I got a confession. And he just does a little laugh. And then I was like, oh, freak, there goes Usher. And then, like, there's Jay Farrow again. I'm like, what in the freak is Jay Farrow? You know Usher, too? Can you just, you off the show now? So... Uh, I finally find a place to sit. We're just sitting there, you know, mingling, stuff like that. And then to the right is uh, the right is Lunell. I said, hey, Lunell. Hey, baby. She's like 4'9", very short. And you can tell she was like kind of tired, with little legs and stuff like that. So, so they're still in the party. We're still inside the party. And then there's Dave Chappelle. I'm like, freak, there's Dave Chappelle. And everyone, the bouncer's like, all right, we got to leave. So Donald Glover comes in and Quest Love, and they come talk to Dave Chappelle. I was like, Donald, what's up, man? You're a real one. He goes, dude, thank you, man. Dude, thank you. And as we were like, they're like trying to get everybody to leave. And I just talked to Dave Chappelle's manager. Like, Hi, Miss Carla. She said, hey, how are you? I said, girl, we ain't seen each other since L.A. She goes, you're right. We haven't seen each other since L.A. What are you doing out here? I said, girl, you know I moved out here to New York City now. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a city man now. You are. I said, look, let's do lunch. I'll email you, okay? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I'm just doing, doing Hollywood. So I'm just schmoozing. That's what I'm doing, schmoozing. So people are at the party talking like, he knows managers, he knows everything else. Some guy goes, I'm a writer, I'm a production assistant. I said, good, I got a comedy show every Tuesday night. If you ever want to get up, let me know. Yeah, I would, I would love to. Do. I used to do stand-up. Yeah, yeah, cool. So next you know it, they go, hey, we're all going to the after party. There's an after-after party. I was like, freak, let's go. It's already 3 a.m. Let's do it. So we go to the after-after party. So I'm thinking Eddie Murphy and the rest are going to be there. But this is like for like the staff, like all the people who work on the SNL show. So, um... That moment's amazing. So I was like, I met Eddie Murphy. Uh, I dapped up comics that I, you know, I, I dreamed looking up to. And then we go to the after party, and <laughs> we're following Napoleon. Uh, it's Napoleon, Nico, gains everything else. So we get to the party. You have to have a password to get into the party. And McCullough's all in. McCullough's like, how y'all going to cut and skip us? And we're just like, oh, we're just following whoever. And Chris Red, he's on the show. He's just like waving people in. Y'all, y'all come in. All y'all comments, come in. And Matt, what is his name? Matt, his name is Matt Richards. Matt Richards, very funny comic, very comic. And he's like sitting there, uh, hello, hello, good to see you. We're going inside, we're going inside the club. So, um, it's okay, so we're hanging outside the club. I don't know what this place is, but it's whatever. I don't, I don't go to clubs. I don't know what county clubs were there. And McCullough go, and then <laughs> McCullough, we wait behind McCullough because she knows the password. And she goes, oh, now you guys need me. It was like, come on now. And he goes, what's the password? The password is Mr. Robinson. So we get inside his, at the party. And it's just staffers, you know, just, you know, young people that work on the show, PAs and camera dudes. They're dancing and everything else. But Chris Red has a VIP section. Matt Richards have a, Matt has a VIP section. Sam J is in the section. And Sam J, uh, she has a girlfriend. But her girlfriend looks just like, looks like Trina. Like, it looks like Trina, like Trina, like the Diamond Princess. So I'd be like... 
treat. She's like, hey, how are you? I said, girl, what's going on? Great, seeing you in a while, girl. What's up? What's up, ATL? Oh, good, because we you know we bump into each other, but we don't know each other's names. I'm just saying hi because we know a familiar face. So Matt Richards is all like, bought some bottles for people, alcohol for the comics, comedy, comedy, cheers to comedy. And I goes, well, I don't drink. He goes, don't drink. Well, here we got fruit punch. We got a uh, lemon juice. Fill up anything. So I'm just in VIP. Reggie's dancing. Alex Baba. Everybody's dancing and stuff. And Chris Red's brother, I asked him, I was like, yo. And Chris Red just turns around. And goes, I, he goes, yo, I, I pitched a, I pitched a, I pitched a sketch to Jesus, dog. And I was like, all right, you're going a little too far there. But his brother goes, like, dude, Eddie Murphy is everything to us, dog. And my brother did that, man. I'm crying for my brother. Like, he's emotional. Then Sam J's like, she's emotional a little bit. She goes, she's telling me the sketch she wrote. I was like, wow, man. So it's like, now it's 6 in the morning. 6 in the morning. And I'm like, Reggie, what you trying to do? Reggie goes, I'm going to take another lap. Because Reggie's single. He's having a good time. Uh, <laughs> then he goes, you ready to go? So we leave. And I'm like, dang, what a moment. I met Eddie Murphy, man. And it's, uh, and it's uh, you know, everyone's, it's just, it's just crazy. So I'm on, uh, so before that, so this is great. And I text my brother. I text my brother. I was like, yo, I just met Eddie Murphy. And my brother's like, wow, man, how, what, what happened? I was like, I was snuck into the SNL party. And my brother's like that. And then, but I told my brother before, I said, can you DVR, can you DVR the SNL? Yes, can you DVR uh, SNL tonight? He goes, yeah, no problem. The reason I do that, because I don't got no TV in my house. You know what I mean? I, I'm very a minimalist, so I watch it. And I will say about the show, we're already, well, dang, 45 minutes in. And I the first episode, I couldn't even get freaking 17 minutes. We're 45 minutes in. Come on, baby. One man, one tree in the hill, ho. Uh, I mean, Joe, come on now. One tree, one man in the tree, one man in the tree, one man, one tree in the hill, baby. Woo, okay. So Eddie Murphy SNL episode, we're already there. Let's uh, let's review it. Uh, first, if you, if you watch the show, if you're not watching on Hulu, uh, first sketch opening the show was the Democratic debate, which trash. I could care less about the Democrats and all this other. <laughs> I'm not really political. I just think political sketches are just boring to me. They're just really boring right now. It's Eddie Murphy. It's about Eddie Murphy. So Eddie Murphy does his monologue, does a uh, joke about Bill Cosby, and I get it. Him and Bill Cosby had beef back in the day. If you weren't aware, Bill Cosby was very like mean to Eddie and said Eddie cursed and Eddie shouldn't be vulgar. Eddie shouldn't talk about being rich. So Bill Eddie told a joke saying, like, uh, who would have thought I would have been this boring dad and Eddie and Bill Cosby would be in jail right now. Someone is if someone if I would have had to bet on that, I would have took that bet. And he goes, Who's America's dad now? Shot at uh Bill Cosby. Some people feel a certain way about it, but you know, F it. And then there's a moment where these comedians start arriving. First it's Chris Rock, then it's uh, Tra- first is Tracy Morgan, then is Chris Rock, then is Dave Chappelle, and it's a moment of just like black black comics, you know what I mean? Just just his legacy. Uh, I think Martin Lawrence should have been there as well, but he's banned from SNL. But to this to, to this moment that happened that everyone's talking about online is that one of the white SNL members, I don't know who he is, but he does all those funny commercials with the kids. He walks in and goes, I understand what you're saying, Chris. And then before he does that, Kenan Thompson moves him out the way. He goes, all right, brother, move out the way. And it's five black comics. And a lot of everyone's saying, like, Kenan shouldn't be there. But Kenan Thompson deserved to be in that moment. Kenan Thompson has been a working actor for 30 years, man. 
I don't know, maybe not thirty, maybe twenty five years. I you I've Keenan Thompson pretty I raised I remember him in Mighty Ducks, Knuckle the Black Kid on the Ice is Knuckle Puck Time, which was very weird how they went to Compton to find a hockey player. I'm like, yeah, they're on the ice. <laughs> Keenan Thompson, Keenan and Kel, Keenan Thompson, all that, Keenan Thompson, Barbershop too. Keenan Thompson is the longest running member on SNL, man. So that was a moment, man. He deserved to be on that stage. So that was an amazing moment. Uh, then the Mr. Robinson. I would say this whole episode was all like uh, introducing Eddie Murphy's character to the new millennial. Millennium or whatever it was. Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Uh, funny sketch about gentrification, how they made um He's talking about gentrifying the neighborhood. I like that sketch. Uh, the holiday banking competition. A lot of people like that sketch because Eddie cursed live on TV. Uh, my favorite sketch was the home for the holiday sketch. I don't know who wrote it, but it was so funny about... Like, Eddie is the dad. Maya Rudolph is the mother. Chris Red is the son. Keenan Thompson is the granddad. And the new SNL member, I'm going to Google her name because I don't know off the top of my head. She's a daughter. And the funny thing is, like, why don't you prove my boyfriend? Because he's white? Yeah, because he's white. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to Mikey Davis, and he's just, Mikey Day is just sitting there. And I'm like, wow, what a moment for him, right? Uh, then there's the mass Singer. He brings back the character uh, what is it from uh, Little Rascals? Uh, the black kid from Little Rat uh, Buckwheat, Buckwheat. So I was, I was Buckwheat. Uh, that was good. But the, the funniest thing was when Eddie Murphy came as Gumby. He was just feeling it. You can tell he was just going off script, yelling, "I don't gotta go! Don't touch me!" And Michael Chase starts cracking up. <laughs> Colin Joe starts cracking up. Then he goes to Pete Davidson, which is very weird because I felt like, man, I was like. This is the youngest comic now, but Eddie was just a force field. Uh, then the Black Jeopardy, Velvet Jones, it was okay. It was all right. You know what I mean? I felt like Velvet Jones needed his own moment and said, like, Black Jeopardy. It's hard to throw him in Black Jeopardy. I would have put uh, Eddie doing, like, a character, like Eddie doing, like, James Brown as Black Jeopardy or Eddie doing another character. But he wanted to bring his characters back. Uh, one of my favorite sketches was was the North Pole report where he, Eddie's like, I seen it. I seen what's happened. Santa, come help the elves. Because <laughs> a, a, a bear broke through the wires and started killing elves. Uh, that was funny. And then, you know, Lizzo did great. So I watched it, but I was, it was, it was a good moment. It's just like, I saw the movie Dolomite, and I'm just, I'm just a fan of Eddie Murphy, man. Like, it was just, you can tell, like, I, I watched this, I watched this SAG. There's a there's a show where Eddie Murphy's talking for an hour, and Eddie Murphy is telling stories and stuff like that. Like I just I just want Eddie to. I don't know him personally, but I was like, it was just dope meeting Eddie Murphy, man. Even though we didn't share a long moment, we shared a joke, a small joke. But I was like, dang, you know, there's gonna be a time where I can say that I, I met you and I work with you. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like living in New York City. Anything can happen. I was like, frick, I just ran up and met Eddie Murphy, man. I just met Usher, met Donald Glover, uh, Yama, not Yamanika, uh, Questlove, Q-Tip, John Hamm, Lunell. And this is the first time where I never wanted to see Jay Farrell at that moment. <laughs> I just didn't want to see Jay Farrell. But, uh, man, I was just like, dang, I met Eddie Murphy, man. Like, I dapped up the, the king of com one of the kings of comedy. So this is me alone in my, alone with my own thoughts. Uh, the next episode uh, will be coming soon. We'll be reviewing another episode of One Tree Hill. I'll be interviewing uh, some interesting person in New York City. I'm gonna design an outro for the for the podcast. I'm gonna do all that, but just grow with me. Just grow with me. 
grow with me. Uh, my name is Jared Waters. This is One Man, One Tree Hill. Make sure you uh, follow us on Instagram. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, rate, review, subscribe for the podcast. God bless. Have a wonderful night. And I think the next time you hear us will be the new year. All right. Peace out. Farewell. Catch you next time. Same place, same podcast, same host. I'm Jared Waters, folks.